This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest professors to your fingertips with more than 500 courses on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more. The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming or DVD and CD. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only... The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including the decisive battles of world history. For this limited time 80% offer, go to thegreatcourses.com slash WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com slash WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Bill Crystal. And Bill, you write this week in the Weekly Standard that we can still unravel the Iran deal. What makes you think that Ayatollah Khamenei isn't going to unravel himself based on his comments the last 48 hours about the devilish Americans? Uh, well, I, I think he might, and frankly, I hope he might. Uh, he might be so greedy not to take the uh, concessions that have been made and, and insist on more. And I think what people here can do is seek clarity about what the deal is or will be and prevent it from ever really coming to be signed on June 30th, which is the deadline for the, for the real deal as opposed to the sort of PR announcement that was made last week. I think the administration's got all these ambiguities. They conceded a lot to the Iranians and then said different things back home here. Members of Congress, other commentators need to just pull on those threads. Uh, it'd be much better to stop this deal before June 30th. Once it, there's a big signing ceremony, uh, five, six countries, you know, all the hoopla, uh, then overturning it, just it's worth trying to do, obviously, in Congress, uh, but it gets much harder. But I do think much more today than I did a week ago that this thing can be sort of strangled in the cradle. The Kissinger-Schultz article was devastating. Two former secretaries of state, I'm not sure this has ever happened in modern American history, weighing in against a major presidential initiative a major presidential deal with a foreign country. Uh, Kissinger and Schultz are the kind of people who are respectful of the pres- presidential authority. They don't just pop off. They're not you know, commentators like me and you. Um, and for them to, to, to go to the trouble of writing an op-ed, making clear how damaging this deal is, is pretty, pretty startling. Uh, but those were just a lot of big words, uh, Bill Crystal. Didn't really offer any solutions. Didn't you hear that from uh, Marie Harf? Yeah, good point. Good point. I think one solution is not to make it easier for Iran to get nuclear weapons to legitimize their past cheating, uh, to set up a situation where they will both be, uh, where they're blessed in a sense by us and by the West in there as they go on the path towards nuclear weapons. And then at some point they just break out, uh, kick out the inspectors who won't have full rights of inspection anyway, uh, and they're across the finish line. So uh, there's no perfect solution to this. Uh, but, but again, also, uh, one reason to strangle this in the cradle is you might be able to preserve the sanctions regime, which has done some damage and might do a lot more damage both to the nuclear program but especially to, to the regime. So it's very important. The next 80 days, I think, uh, everyone who cares about the future of this country, the future of Israel, any hope for kind of stability and progress in the Middle East, uh, uh, stopping this deal before it really becomes a deal. Uh, should be the highest priority. But, you know, I I can hear people saying this is pie in the sky, Bill Crystal, because this president has shown he doesn't care what popular opinion is. He doesn't care about the political ramifications. He doesn't care about the constitutional ramifications. Uh, and we've seen this on uh, immigration, just to mention one glaring example. What What would stop Barack Obama from signing a deal, even if the entire world were lined up waving signs saying, don't do it, Mr. President? 
Well, he wants to, but he does at some point. Congress really does have a chance to insist on at least the U.S. sanctions. I think they also can indirectly make it very hard for him to waive the U.N. sanctions, uh, and then there really can't be a deal. So there are things Congress can do. There's this big Corker Menendez bill that one's focused on, but there are a lot more rifle shot things they can do. They can say this this Fordo facility in the mountain, which Obama himself said two years ago, there's no need for if you have a nuclear program. Uh, shut down Fordo. That was our position. Now we've made all these concessions, but let's go back to our original position. Shut down Fordo or no deal or no sanctions come off. So this is a place where Congress needs to be tough-minded, imaginative. They need to do some broad legislation like Corker Menendez. They need to do some rifle shot legislation. You never know when you pull on all these threads which one might be the most effective at unraveling the deal. But I, I think it, it could be done. And maybe at some point the president and John Kerry also realize they can't just keep making concession after concession and and uh, embracing ambiguity after ambiguity. It's pretty stunning. I mean, whatever one thinks of some of these previous deals American presidents and secretaries of state have made, this degree of sort of misleading the American public uh, saying different things in private to foreign negotiators in Geneva, and then when you come back home, it's it's pretty unusual. No, 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 no. It's all translation errors, Bill Crystal. Don't you understand? You know, in English it says you don't get to keep your reactors, and in Farsi it's slightly phrased differently. Says die American pig dogs die. It's very. It's just. It's a nuance of language. I think we're missing here. It's fantastic that Khamenei seems to be. I guess, tweeting in English. Actually, he really wants to stick it to us. That's the other thing it really shows you. It shows you how much, for the Iranians, this is not just about the details of their nuclear program, which look, they're going to keep trying to do no matter what deal is or isn't side. It's about humiliating the U.S., establishing their hegemonic role in the region, showing everyone else in the region that they're tough enough to just, uh, you know, sort of humiliate us, uh, make fun of us almost, ridicule us, and pay no price at all another reason why this thing has to be stopped and and uh, you're right the president may not may be willing to sort of just accept all this humiliation from a foreign enemy leader who's engaged and been engaged in killing americans fighting americans uh, d- d- damaging our allies uh, threatening to destroy the state of israel but surely america as a whole will rise up and say wait a second we can't we can't just tolerate this it's really dangerous uh, there's a the school of thought that says that President Obama is focused on one thing, which is how far can he shift the American trajectory before he leaves office. He could care less about the, the damage it does in the short term. He just wants to say down the road we become a more European uh, country and, he, and he'll sleep happily at night. But someone's going to have to pick up the aftermath of that. And I'm wondering if, if the president does bull rush straight through the will of the people if he – you know, continues with the kind of if you like your nukes, you can keep your nukes kind of dishonesty that we saw with Obamacare and other things. Does that help any Republican nominee? And what does it do to the newest person to apparently enter the race this weekend, Bill Kristol, uh, Hillary Clinton? Yeah, I do think it really does help Republicans. And I think it helps them, especially if they step up now and are critics and do their best to rally opposition. Uh, they may not win, but at least voters realize, well, someone tried to stand up to Obama as we went down this path. They should also explain what they would do in foreign policy, defense policy, increased defense spending, and what their policy would be towards Israel and the Middle East, <coughs> excuse me, et cetera. You know, the Hillary Clinton thing is interesting. Um, I, she, seemed to have, she seemed to have been dodging the bullet of Obama's foreign policy until pretty recently. You know, you look at the poll numbers, and uh, she sort of had her own identity. People assumed she was much tougher than Obama. She wasn't paying much of a price for all the things she did in the first term, the Russia reset, Benghazi. Uh, being on board the original opening to Iran, uh, apparently, and uh, you know, she was part of this key part of this foreign policy. But somehow she seemed to be 
kind of having walked away from it in January 2013, it wasn't clear she would pay a price. I'm struck looking at the polls in the last week or two, just talking to people actually, that I think it now may be harder for her to avoid that price. I, I, I think she is so overrated as a candidate in, in terms of her candidate skills, but also in the resume she now brings to this campaign. What is she going to run on? The good job she did as Secretary of State, the $250,000 speeches she gave after being Secretary of State, her undistinguished eight years in the Senate. I mean, when you think about it, from everyone's making fun of uh, Lincoln Chafee, who now says he's going to run against Hillary Clinton, uh, Martin O'Malley, the two-term governor of Maryland, Bernie Sanders, the socialist senator from Vermont. But if you just step back and look at what they've done in their public careers, as opposed to Hillary Clinton, it's not clear she's really more, much more qualified than they are. And if anyone's really serious got in the race, like Elizabeth Warren, I, I think she'd have real problems, Hillary Clinton. You're just off today. She accomplished the great thing of being married to Bill Clinton. What more do you ask? I, this, I, I really, what, you have stuff in office, and what did I get passed, and how did I handle foreign policy? Please, she's Mrs. Bill Clinton. As long as she's a Mrs., a woman, and Mrs. Bill Clinton, his wife, that's, that is enough for the entire Democratic Party base. She's a shoo-in. There will not be a serious primary. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you're probably right. I, I, I think someone who ran seriously would do better than people think. And I, I think even with this current field, she will be more challenged than than the people expect. But I've been amazed watching the Democratic Party. It's so much more like the traditional Republican Party, where if you're next in line, the person who ran and lost four or eight years ago, the titular leader of the party, well, of course, then you get the nomination regardless of whether you'll be the best candidate and regardless of whether you'll be the best president in some cases. Um, but now the Democrats have taken the Republican uh, attitude of nominating the next in line, kind of a let's make it as much of a coronation as possible. The Republicans have taken the Democratic attitude, attitude of let's mix it up and have an interesting uh, primary fight. I, I think it will end up helping the Republicans. I, I happen to agree, but uh, the head, headline A is Hillary Clinton to seek presidency. Headline B is super rich, technology-challenged grandmother to seek the office where her husband had so much fun. And that's... That's all Democrats need. I, I really do believe that Hillary Clinton is a trap from which Democrats cannot escape because she just causes the identity politics that innervates their entire existence to hum with resonance. They just just pushing a, a Hillary and a Clinton button at the same time. It's everything it means to be a modern Democrat. Look, and they are deeply invested in identity politics, and I, I guess. Someone like me may underestimate the first woman, uh, the appeal of the first woman, though there are other women who could run who've done more than Hillary Clinton, I would say. Um, but uh, so, yeah, may, maybe that's just too strong, and the Democrats will sort of roll over for that. I, they I will. Know. It's hard to tell what Democrats. <laughs> they absolutely will. And the only way she lost in 2008 was because another identity politics card trumped her. That was that was it. So now we're going to have the Republicans facing her. And interestingly, Rand Paul leading in three swing states in the Quinnipiac poll. Also, uh, I think it was ABC reporting yesterday that her new numbers on trustworthiness, that she's truly underwater with independence and on the issue of trustworthiness, and you add the natural desire to reject what was in the White House the previous eight years, you got to think, Bill, that if the Republicans don't screw this up, they have an excellent chance of uh, winning the White House straight up on their own without an incumbent for the first time since 1980. Yeah, I do think so, Michael. And I'm interested to watch the next week. What's been striking to me is these Republicans have launched Ted Cruz, then Rand Paul, and sort of Jeb Bush without announcing it, uh, Walker, 
Um, it's been interesting. I think some of them have made mistakes. Some have made alleged mistakes. I'm not sure really are mistakes, but there have been controversies. But there's people I think have the sense of this is kind of interesting. Let's see what he has to say. Gee, why did he say that? You know, maybe he should shouldn't. Maybe he's not quite ready for the in that field. But it, it, at least it stimulates kind of debate, interest, curiosity, comparisons among the candidates. I'm very curious to see when Hillary launches whether there'll be any interest in it, whether people aren't already bored. It can be devastating to be bored of, of a candidate. What are we now, 18 months before the election? Ah, the new, the new fresh face of the Democratic Party. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and we will watch it on these podcasts right here on the Weekly Standard. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.